I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Al Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Al Pellets, this is Brian Myers, Becky Haddad, and Mike Ritalik here by the Al Pellet. And today, from the great state of Oklahoma, go Cowboys, Oklahoma State University, we have got Courtney Brown and Lauren Klein with us. Courtney and Lauren, welcome to Al Pellets. Hello, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you making time to, to have a conversation with us. So, to get us started, why don't you, uh, you uh, introduce yourselves to the Al Pellets uh, family? How about that? We'll go to Al Pellets family. How's that? I like that. Um, I am Courtney Brown. I'm currently an assistant professor of agricultural leadership at Oklahoma State University, and I am here teaching as well as an extension appointment and looking into some special projects within the Black community in agriculture during my time here. And I'm Lauren Klein. I'm also an assistant professor of agricultural leadership here at Oklahoma State University. I also have a teaching appointment and then also do work with our extension programming in the state. And my focus is on building adaptive leadership capacity um, of rural Oklahoma, but then also some adult populations as well within the state. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks, thanks for being here. So, uh, Courtney, tell us a little bit about what the topic is for today. Well, the topic is about bringing some new content into our agricultural education space. I had the opportunity to create a class along with my peers, like Dr. Klein, looking at African American agriculture and seeing how we could change the lens a bit on how we talk about agriculture in that historical context, as well as the current presence of it um, and current experiences. So we brought that course here at Oklahoma State and uh, the majority of the students in our class were ag ed students. Um, so it gave us a good opportunity to teach this content to some of our future ag ed teachers and learn from what they took away from the course on how we could continue to introduce this type of material. So I'm curious about the course. Tell us uh, before we get into kind of the, the study and the student experience, tell us a little bit about the course that you designed and, um, and what the outcomes were and how it was organized. So for the course, it was a short course. So the initial rollout of the course was over a two day period, about 14 or 15 contact hours. So my idea was that we are gonna start from slavery, the arrival of Africans to Americas to current day. So that was a couple years of experiences that we needed to cover in that space. So the course was structured in a way that we talked about those content areas of the experiences of slavery, the economic value that slavery put into our American culture, um, particularly through the agricultural industry and then seeing how that experience transpired post-slavery, what African-Americans did in agriculture, the contributions they made, some of the monumental leaders 
that we saw emerge. And then we also went into black farming and um, ag education, New Farmers of America, talking about some key moments there. So we had our course structured with lecture on the first evening where we just kind of breezed through that content, had some interactive experiences with assignments for students to really dig into those histories and experiences. And then on the second day, we had interviews with our Black professionals in ag, whether they were farmers, um, current professionals working for the USDA. Um, we had some ag ed teachers. We had a variety of people who work in the ag ed ag space that were Black to share their personal experiences through interviews with our students. And then we had our first year with COVID, so we didn't get to go out and do tours on that first year. But the second time that we offered the course, we were able to go out to some Black farms here in Oklahoma and um, also part of Langston University's extension. They had a partnership with a local farmer and we got to see and meet some of those individuals and learn more firsthand experiences of their journey into the farming space. So that's kind of a quick synopsis of what our course looked like over two, and then we expand it into a three-day short course. I think too, to add to that, what made the opportunity for us to teach this course really unique as well, a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of historical black rural towns in Oklahoma. And so a lot of these areas are still very agrarian and a lot of black farmers are in that area. And so us not only having proximity to those towns, but also proximity to Langston University, the 1890, that's 40 minutes down the road, um, really provided a lot of resources for Courtney to be able to provide this experience for students. So now that you've, you've done this, what, what have you seen as some of the impacts that the, the students that went through this course, what are, the, what are they doing with this information now and, and, and what kind of impact did it make overall? Yeah, with doing this study, we saw a lot of positives that came out of the students getting this information. A lot of our students went through FFA programs and they were really quite surprised that they hadn't learned as much in depth, particularly about NFA, New Farmers of America, they didn't understand that it was its own entity. Um, they didn't understand what the um, merger really felt like, more like an absorption for Black people in NFA. They didn't understand a lot of that depth. They didn't understand outside of just George Washington Carver and, and what other kind of contributions Black people have made to the agriculture industry and even slavery. They didn't understand that slavery was as brutal as it was and, and didn't know that it had such significant long-term impact. So I think the students were really surprised to just get access to this information, but felt really empowered going into the classroom after having taken it, saying that they felt like, man, I have, because in kind of our study, we were able to see the pre some pre-thoughts of the students on what they thought this course would be, their apprehensions, all those things. But at the end, they also answered some of these reflective questions that said, I feel empowered going into the classroom. I feel as though I could better connect with my Black students and just sharing more history that is um, in alignment with their lineage. Um, they felt empowered just to be more knowledgeable of the ag industry and a diverse experience. So it was positive for them to just learn this, not only for themselves, but also for the future students that they will encounter in the classroom. 
And I think another outcome that we've seen as a result of this class is that the students are more willing to engage in hard conversations and perhaps learn about topics that may, and I hate to use the word controversial, but may um, butt up against something they believed before. And so a lot of students in that pre-assessment that we did were concerned. They were like, I, I don't know anything about this and I'm, I'm kind of worried, you know, and honestly, most of the students were white students. And so they were like, I'm, I'm afraid that this is going to make me feel bad, what have you. But then afterwards they realized, no, it's actually really important for me to know this. And it's created um, some curiosity in them to learn about even more uh, diverse groups that are a part of our industry. Um, we have a huge Native American population here in our state and wanting to really, I mean, they've asked, can we have a class on that? And we're like, one day, <laughs> hopefully we'll get there. Um, but I think just that curiosity now that they see it's it's okay to learn things that might challenge your previous thoughts. And that's really exciting to see that openness to do so. And one other thing I'd like to share that I saw emerge that was really encouraging was just the engagement from the Black professionals that were interviewed or allowed us to come visit their property and see their operation. They were really excited to have access to share their experiences with these students. One farmer in particular, he shared that these students are going to be future leaders in our industry. And if they don't have any idea on what our exact experiences are and the challenges or barriers that we encounter, then how can they speak to programs that could support our needs? So that was one thing um, that he shared with me that really stuck with me on the significance of this course and that they felt that it gave an opportunity to shed light on their experiences and equip future leaders to better support them. So that was really important. I think that's just, it's, it's so critical. So much of what you said, we, like, it just kept coming back in my head when you know better, do better. Like once you know better, do better. Once you know better, do better. Well, how do I know better? <laughs> I have to kind of relearn some things that I didn't know before, but just the emphasis on like, I want to feel empowered. Like I want to be able to connect and be knowledgeable and like engage in those long, hard conversations. Be like we want those things. We want our students to want those things. So when we think about how do we now thinking about our teacher audience, like when I think about like our post secondary audience, like cool, this would be a great class for me to be thinking about as as a professor. What about for our for our teacher audience who are working with high school students? How can they kind of cultivate some of this in their home programs to think about how do how do I bring some of what you learned um, through your course to my home program? For sure, and I think it's fair to say that this isn't a topic that I think is talked about at large in agricultural programs from post-secondary or anywhere. So I learned a lot of this, even as African-American, I learned a lot of this myself with developing this course, as well as doing other research projects in this line area. So I, I think it's fair that we all have a lot of learning to do. So that's the first step for these teachers is just to take some time to just educate yourself and feel comfortable sharing accurate information um, and going to the right areas to access that information. So when you are in the position to teach about it, you're giving not only a perspective that is nuanced in the variety of experiences, but it's also accurate to the lens of those who experienced it. So that was really important in teaching this. And I think for um, 
school teachers who want to incorporate this kind of content is to ensure that it's authentic in nature and that some of these parts aren't fun and it wasn't fun for the people who went through it and it's not necessarily going to be fun to discuss it but it's really important but also to talk about the resiliency that we see with this particular community um, when you see all the adversity faced with black americans and agriculture there is some um, encouragement there to see that there still are black farmers around or there still are black people who are interested in being in the industry so those teachers can definitely take some time to educate themselves one great book to start with is The Legacy of New Farmers of America from Dr. Alston and Dr. Wakefield. Um, that's a great start. A lot of these students are involved in FFA in their classroom. So having some kind of tie into FFA's history and lineage would be really great that they could get access to these books and classrooms and just dig into it. Also talking more than just about George Washington Carver. I mean, he's great. <laughs> I think we shouldn't stop talking about him, but there's so much more in this agricultural context that we, we could talk about. Some Many of these um, ag programs have an 1890 land grant institution, which is HBCU, the Black Ag Colleges there. They could maybe have someone come from that school and come talk to their students about what programs they have, what their audience looks like. So reaching out to those Black farmers locally to them, um, learning more about their experiences, having them come talk to their classrooms. What I've found is that when there's a genuine and authentic interest in trying to educate the future leaders of agriculture. A lot of these um, people want to share their stories and have autonomy in how they share it. So I think just educating themselves and building connections with those who have those experiences and allowing them to tell their stories in their most authentic way is a great start. I think the last thing I would add to that, like what can ag teachers be doing or how they can, how can they prepare themselves for this? along the lines of realizing this is maybe topics that again, challenge what students thought they knew before. And so don't be surprised when your students experience a lot of cognitive dissonance. That's not a bad thing. And don't let that make yourself think that it hasn't been effective in your classroom and that they haven't learned something. That's the first step to transformative learning, to them changing what they think they know about the topic. And so um, if that's something that ag teachers feel uncomfortable with, that they're like, I don't know what to do if a student is, um, you know, just, I don't wanna say combative in that type of way, but just not really getting on board with what we're trying to teach and learn and they're very much opposed to it, that's okay. And so I would encourage them, um, one good book that I like is called Crucial Conversations of just how to have hard conversations. I think any of those tools in their tool belt could be helpful in just facilitating these dialogues with students on new topics. And I appreciate too, just the, where do I think about things that I haven't, like, that aren't my go-to sources for that information. And I had a colleague this fall that I got to observe who gave a really great example while he was talking about this is like, sometimes it's not about getting closer. To the information and like digging in further to what you think you might already know and find and like looking at those things that validate your experience sometimes it's stepping to the side a little bit and like taking that different perspective shift really looking at who else is involved and where like what other perspectives could be here he had his students stand in line with markers on their heads and then had somebody sit behind and you couldn't see the like if you're standing directly in front of them you couldn't see the person sitting down if you step to the side, you could. It wasn't about getting closer to the information. It was about broadening broadening what you were looking at. And I think that's just 
a really powerful piece you brought in, like, don't go to the same sources you always did. Thanks for bringing in some additional sources that our teachers can think about as far as where else can I go to, to learn more. Well, and that's what maybe, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to read a book. Um, I get, mm -hmm. I get what an ag teacher's life is like, but what social media accounts are you following? There are a lot of great social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, that are showing the experiences of Black agriculturalists. I know for myself, I've learned a lot just by following those social media pages and not putting a lot of the weight on Courtney to be the one to teach me those things, but me taking that initiative as a white woman to learn from other individuals and for me to be the person that seeks out those resources. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the conversation and the discussion and uh, it makes me uh, reflect on my time as a, as a high school ag teacher and you're trying to teach the history of ag education and FFA and certainly it, it felt like NFA showed up on the timeline 1965 and it and that ultimately became just a blip on a timeline and uh the conversation that you were talking about here the work that you're doing the book that doctors wakefield and alston have done um really helps to kind of bring to life what that organization was the life and history and and brought some authenticity to um to the the topic and the subject to kind of really uh, bring again, bring it kind of back to life. So I really appreciate the the conversation and and hopefully this discussion as people are listening to the podcast really start to self-reflect and think about how they can bring to life in their own classrooms and their own programs uh, the the history and the the story and the perspective that um, has been left un, untalked about for a long time. Yeah, and I think to um to that point, with um, kind of bringing light to that history. I know just my personal agricultural journey, I did have family in it, but I didn't see it. I grew up in Memphis and I didn't grow up around a farm. And when I decided I fell into ag and did vet pre-vet, but then found I wanted to stay in ag, I just, like a lot of people, and I just assumed <laughs> that Black people didn't do agriculture. I wasn't around it. I was at a predominantly white institution. My friends would joke with me about studying ag. They thought it was odd. I just like cows. I thought they were cute. So I, that's why I stuck with it. And then finally, when I came to OSU and pursued grad studies. That's when I started to realize that there's not only Black people who still want to do ag, but there's a lot of Black people that either have challenges in doing it and that there's such a rich history in it. And that caused me to kind of grow my interest and want to stay in it. So it makes me think of a lot of the other potential Black students that don't see a space for themselves or don't realize that they've had a history in it and that slavery is, it, they were skilled laborers. It wasn't something that was just busy work. Um, but understanding the value that they have contributed through history in the industry, it maybe would cause more Black students to see their space there, especially in these ag programs that are predominantly white, and you have a few Black students um, sprinkled into those schools. So I, I know from my personal perspective, it helped me feel empowered in this industry. Well, and I think Dr. Brown and I have had a lot of conversations about this, um, and I don't want to try to speak for every Black student who sat in an ag classroom, but imagine what that would feel like to know Black slavery and the role it played in even building our ag industry in this country, and then for it to never be talked about. 
why would you want to stay there and stay in that environment? And so I think that's something that we have to think about that, like you said, Becky, once you know better, we do better. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, if we want to have inclusive classrooms, if we want to have more diverse students in our ag ed programs, perhaps we need to be willing to talk about the hard things that even if it's uncomfortable, that's creating a more belonging space for those diverse individuals. Well, I think also it's important for us to know that that history is more than just the answer to a quiz bowl question. Yeah. And <laughs> it doesn't always have to be about competition. Well, <laughs> and, and, but that's, but to Mike's point, it's not just on that timeline. It's really understanding about, to understanding where we are, we have to figure out how we got here yeah. and to have those deeper conversations. And, and some things that I really wanted, that I think was exciting about the work that you're doing here is you provided us an example of, of how you at Oklahoma State are providing this information to folks. And if we're not able to do that, you've mentioned several other things. You've mentioned the, the 1890 land grants, and those are scattered mainly throughout the South, but each one of those land grants has an extension system um, that is, is a resource that our ag teachers can reach out to, to have people come in to help have this conversation but also at, at, at many institutions across this country, there's a manners organization that has an outreach component to it as well, that they have college students. And there's a junior manners that have for, now maybe I think I forget how young those go, they're at least high school students, possibly middle school students as well, can be part of manners across this country. I'm just, I was just introduced to junior manners about three years ago, working with that the high school group there. So I'm still learning with, about that group, but they're at high school and college. It's a great resource to provide some, again, information and resources. As you were talking about finding the right, the right sources um, to do that information. But the other, the other thing, as, as we're having this conversation, I want to challenge us. I'll just say many states. I don't know how many, but many states have a have one or several black farmer organizations, yeah. and several of us in Iget have very strong relationships with the the Farm Bureau organization or the. The National Farmers Union, depending on what part of the world, country you're from, but reach out to the to the, the the Black Farmers organizations that you have in your state to be part of that conversation as well, um, and 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 to do that because there are resources out there. And as you were saying, you don't have to do this by yourself. You, you, there are resources to have to have for you. And so, as you list all these various resources, what tips would you give our ag teachers to initiate that conversation with one of those? Uh, resources that maybe we haven't had a relationship with before, how, how do I begin that conversation with one of those organizations? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I think depending on the organization it would depend on the spin you want to kind of introduce yourself on. I think the biggest thing is allowing whatever group that comes in that space to have the autonomy to share whatever it is they're comfortable sharing, however they'd like to do so. Because I think some spaces, and and we talk about that a lot, when we're maybe looking to recruit uh, minority students, that that tokenization piece, and we never want any group to feel tokenized just because, or now it's Black History Month, so now that's the only time you want me to come, or something like that. I think approaching it with a genuine interest to build a relationship and see how can I also add value to you as well to where it's mutually beneficial and not just, um, you know, not reciprocated to where 
you are giving them opportunities to support them as well as them providing um, information on their experiences. So I, I think just coming in with that genuine interest to develop a long-standing relationship and having that goal in mind that I'm wanting to ensure that your authentic story is being told to my students who will go into classrooms and teach about agriculture and that then goal is that we want a more nuanced approach on how we talk about agriculture. We want to make sure that we are telling it through kind of like, as you mentioned about the um, different perspectives, making sure that we're touching on those different perspectives and allowing that voice to come from that group versus speaking on behalf of them. So from an empowerment perspective of allowing people to have the opportunity to share, I've found that beneficial. And then allowing them to kind of lead you in how you develop those additional relationships. I mean, I think I've found for myself when I have the trust of some of the individuals, it is much easier for me to try to build additional relationships upon that, whether I'm asking them to help me or they're asking me to help them. So I think establishing that trust that this is an authentic relationship that we want to have will give them the opportunity to see that grow and it will benefit them as well as the students. Everybody will have some added value from that. And I think to be willing to go into their space, like mm -hmm. be, be aware of power dynamics mm -hmm. and always asking them to come to you in your space where perhaps they haven't felt welcomed or belonging before, maybe isn't always the best way to build that trust. And mm -hmm. so be willing to take students to them, to yes. their turf that, you know, it, I think that that really is a first spot for developing trust. And so I even think about like when you're trying to find opportunities for students to have SAE projects, you know, it, could that individual be a mentor and that student spend time with them in their space, um, not always asking them to enter the white space per se. I think that's a really good point because even some of the students that we had interview during one of those class sessions and they were interviewing with some black agate teachers and they, they did their interview and talk, but then they started just talking about teaching and they learned so much about just what it was like in the classroom and really found value in that conversation. So as Lauren was saying that it can definitely be some other learning opportunities that aren't just going to be based on that racial experience that will add some variety into what they're learning about and just content area in general. I think those are some great pieces of advice, and, and I want to pull this back to uh, the actual paper that uh, that Courtney and, and Lauren and others have done. And, and um, I would encourage everyone to, to read all of the papers that we talk about, but specifically this one, um, I think it's I think it's well done. Um, particularly there, they identified six themes that I think would resonate with us that would have a lot of anxiety around trying to deliver a new course, trying to incorporate those things, because I think they, you know, they've broken some new ground and have, um, you know, some, some, have some initial findings and some initial experiences that really have added uh, some value there. But there's one of those themes that caught my attention um, that I, I want to learn a little bit more about. And so that theme was diversity helps agriculture, but on a production level. Can you can you unpack that for me? Because that got my attention, and and um, I think that might be something we everyone would be interested in. Yeah, 
I think we both have a lot because that was one that really jumped out when we all did. But I kind of was thinking if you were gonna pick one, I thought that one might be one. Um, I don't know. You want to go first? Or you um, yeah. um. So what we found is that one of the questions we asked students is like, why is it important to learn about this? And um. A lot of students always talk about, well, because diversity is going to make us more profitable. It's going to make us more efficient, you know, and it's always about whether we're going to be producing more, have better things. It's never about the people. And from our standpoint as ag leadership faculty, we're concerned about the people in the industry too. And a lot of conversations Courtney and I have had together as colleagues, but also as friends is that we have to get beyond seeing diversity as something that's beneficial for us business-wise or production-wise, but because we just truly value other people because they deserve to be valued. And so seeing, not seeing diversity as means to an end, but a means in and of itself, an end in and of itself. And so um, that was one area that I think in the student responses, we were glad to see that there was change and why they thought it was important to talk about this. So there was some change, but it was still very focused on only being, like it's only beneficial and important if that means we're gonna make more money or be more productive. It wasn't necessarily that next step of, well, everyone has human dignity and deserves that dignity. And we would like to see that be kind of the next step that we take in having these conversations is that it doesn't just have to be for business or production purposes, but because we truly value each other as human beings. Sorry, that's no, kind of a soapbox. <laughs> no, oh, but the, <laughs> that's that's all of it. I mean, I, I agree with everything. I think just kind of reiterating that point is that it was very much, it will improve our techniques. There's been so many different techniques used all over the world and all these different things. And it, it just kind of stopped there as far as the initial interest. And even to that point, I think a lot of the students just based on, you know, the um, pre-assessments and then the awkwardness of the first evening of class, because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm Black, let's talk about it. Um, say the obvious, because everybody's uncomfortable. We're about to talk about slavery. I mean, it's everybody, especially even that first semester after um, with kind of the killing of George Floyd and then moving into this space of talking about race, like every, it was just a very highly sensitive time. And I think my initial approach to talking about race was one, let's talk about the obvious if I'm the only black person in the room we're going to talk about black people so let me talk about that and then let's talk about the additional things that um will kind of add some depth to this experience but i think their perception of diversity was very much that and just oh i see diversity we think of production and strategies on techniques on how we can improve agriculture that's what is the value versus even thinking outside of what diversity really means on how we approach solution development, on how we talk about agriculture, what has happened in agriculture. We talk about these techniques, but like, where did they come from? So I think it was very much surface level. And we saw that a lot in the post-assessment was that they felt more comfortable even saying, okay, I know I said I really wanted to take this class, 
and some people did say I only needed a credit hour, so I took it. But some were like, okay, now I really, I really was apprehensive to take it. But now that I've taken it, I'm happy I did. So I think people felt more comfortable to even express more of their hesitancy after having taken it because they didn't know what to expect. And their thoughts of diversity were very much um, just kind of surface level. So it was good to see that growth and even that comfort that they were ever able to find after taking it, which I think is really important when we see who is teaching the material and how they're teaching it. I think that can really shape the experience of the student. And not all students will enjoy it, but I think you could find a lot more who do if you can find a way to make the information relatable and relevant. Well, I think that is a fantastic way to summarize this great conversation um, that uh, it's a it's a difficult conversation, but at the end of it, you see the value and it's it's uh, it's worth it's worth the effort to do that. And I just really appreciate the work that you both have done and are doing and appreciate you sharing that with us today. And so with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Al Pellets. Uh, Drs. Courtney Brown and Lauren Klein, thank you both so much for being with us here today and having this, this conversation with us. Everybody out there in Alpet land, uh, take a look at the, the material, the stuff on social media, and, and reach out and build the partnerships and, and, and have these conversations uh, in your classroom. So thank you all very much, and you have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.